0: I love my bastards. Oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> love them. I gave them numbers instead of names, but someday I I will give them names. Yeah, yeah, this is three. This is seven. Three is a hell of a kid. Hello, yeah. and welcome to the award-winning <laughs> podcast, the Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's steam career. I'm Don Saunderson.
1: I'm Sir Patrick of
0: the Hills. (laughs) Sir Patrick of the Hills. Good morrow, sir. Boy, (laughs) man. And I'm thinking hard. Thinking real hard about my loyalties to Rome. Welcome to the Academy. (laughs) And welcome to another episode of the Equalizer. The Antoine Foucault story. Part four. King Mm. Arthur. Wow. King Arthur and a secret side Visionary Alliance episode. Ooh. King Arthur released July 7th of 2004. Wow. I mean, wow. you know, that's crazy from Tears of the Sun cuz these are both big productions, right? Big productions. He's moving fast. He's taking big gigs. Yeah. And is there a bigger gig than a Jerry Bruckheimer produced King Arthur? Uh, a movie Hot on the hot on the heels of Pirates of the Caribbean, hot on the heels of Jerry Bruckheimer saying to himself, "You know, I'm going to revive. Now I'm going to revive like the Knights of the Round Table, just like I revived the pirate picture." <laughs> yes,
1: I want to do uh, like I want to do a a uh, a Lord of the Rings through the lens of a Bruckheimer production. I want like the the spectacle of a Bruckheimer. But the setting of a, of a Lord of the
0: Rings or perhaps even a gladiator, perhaps even perhaps I'll even hire the writer of Gladiator, David <laughs> Franzoni, to write this King Arthur picture. <laughs> guy whose last name sounds like a uh, a wine yeah. company. I have some Franzoni. Well, I mean, it's not great, but I got some Franzoni. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I got a bag of that stuff
1: somewhere. <laughs> Just lying around know. a box I mean, of that stuff. Any
0: more wine? I got a f- bottle of Franzoni. I guess it'll work. I got to get yeah. a little buzz on. Um <laughs> King Arthur, a mm-hmm. release by Touchstone Pictures, the, uh, of course, the adult arm of the Disney Corporation. Yeah, the big boy. I called it Tombstone a few episodes ago. <laughs> Tombstone. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> my my uh, favorite pizza. King Arthur is on something, as we mentioned, called MGM Plus. <laughs> uh, Not ran- a real thing. Oh, <laughs> ranted through all Fair. the services and does have a Blu-ray. We mm. mentioned that it does also have a director's cut. I had never seen this movie before, so I just rented the um, regular version mm-hmm. through Amazon. I did not subscribe to MGM Plus to check oh, it out. You're not watching the great shows of MGM Plus,
1: like um, uh, like uh, uh um, I'm trying to think of anything. I guess like I James Bond is like an MGM property, there, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, the, I'm gonna
0: the, do the like Q, um, the Q Chronicles, Chronicles of Q. The final Friedkin movie and the new Pet Cemetery prequel are Ooh. both premiering on Paramount Plus. They just oh. both premiered. I'll probably have watched them by now, but I'm subscribing to Paramount Plus tonight. Ooh, get to watch week. to watch both of those.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I I do it for the free the Friedkin.
0: The yeah, movie. it's worth it's worth it for a month to get the new Freedkin. Yeah, Freak on a Leash. You watched the um. You f- you tracked down a copy of the director's cut. You took a look yes, at it. Yes,
1: I found a I found a copy of the director's cut, and it was one of those things where I was like, uh, you know what? I like these type of movies. I'm a I'm a kingdom of heaven appreciator. I'm a uh, historical epic, uh, everyone wearing you know weird medieval outfits mm. kind of guy. I'll, I'll I'll give this a try.
0: Um, I, I I like that you are the. Um podcasts resident medieval man yeah i would i would if i lived back
1: then i'd definitely be like a monk of some kind or a friar and have a pate
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so um this movie though we've seen the king arthur story many times over the mm-hmm. course of cinema we had kind of the same conversation on our robin hood episode um and these are very similar things. But apparently the tagline to this was the true story behind the legend. No. No. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) Get out of here. Get Get out of here with that. Get
0: out of here. It really does. Like from the jump with its cards like say we've got new data on the King Arthur legend and we're going to tell you the damn true story.
1: (laughs) The, The science is in folks. We've got the test tube beakers out. They have history within them.
0: The science is in. So here's the deal. We, 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 we've learned the sciences there. We learn King Arthur start off as just a dude named Artorius Castus. Yeah, he, hey, half Roman. Half Roman, half British, all man. Mm. Played by the driver himself, Clive Owen. Oh, oh, Uh, Mr. Croupier. Oh, Mr. Croupier himself, Clive (laughs) Owen. And this is really in man heart. this is really in the heart of let's make clive owen a star yes ears this is peak okay i
1: will say this about this movie this is a movie where the two or three leads of this film they are trying to like they're trying to cement Kira knightley as a thing yeah they're trying to they're trying to make uh, clive owen a thing and they're trying to make lancelot like it's just him trying and it's to become a really thing well.
0: interesting that perhaps some of their bench players in this movie are the actual ones who turned out to be kind of the irresistible yeah. stars? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah, honestly, couple, all couple all... couple couple bench players you will recognize. Ooh. Some cinema some
1: cinema classics, uh,
0: folks, some classic guys. So some of the yeah, some truly classic guys. Okay, so movie. I'm Sorry. gonna say
1: yeah, I'm gonna say that like this crew, yes. one of the best crews we've had in a long time watching these movies, would uh, love to hang out. I would love to drink with all All the principal actors—they all seem like a fun hang.
0: I'm sure they had a great time. Although I don't think all the snow stuff in this movie—I do not think it was a great time. Oh, for sure. Also, (laughs) genuinely like ludicrous. There's like a scene
1: in this movie where, like, suddenly they're in the middle of like the French Alps. Seemingly, it's like England does not have terrain like this. Get out of here! um,
0: It's like one of my favorite Antoine Foucault set piece action sequences. Oh, like ideas. It works. We'll get to it in a moment we'll it really it. works. It's very cool.
1: I think we're seeing it in the movie in that being because uh, I saw this movie in theaters. I remember that like affecting me. I like that moment, and I end up feeling
0: a lot for a character that
1: maybe says two lines the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That, that yeah, yeah, I know, there.
0: but yeah, I know, but they do they do a good job of like and it it's not so much them as that they cast it. Same kind of thing you get in Michael Bay movies. It's not like the Michael Bay movies are like written with these like characters with great depth. It's just he casts steve buscemi he cast yeah. William victor like cast will Patton, like great character actors who can make a you know a real like gourmet meal out of bullshit that's
1: like, yeah that's why i like yeah that's why the 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 phrase steve buscemi is rock hound uh yeah. in my ears for uh, that's add, we, add we, an we item have,
0: we live by and we ever do have academy t-shirts Academy Academy t-shirts for sale the first one we're putting out is one that simply says Steve Buscemi is rock hound
1: yeah big picture of just a giant JPEG of, yeah. of Steve <laughs> Buscemi <yeah>. really <laughs> really like pixelated Yeah, so, it's, it's him and Mr. Deeds though it's his, him as his character crazy <laughs> yeah
0: what we, uh, what we learn is that um, basically like kids are enlisted for 15 year 15 year?
1: Yeah, 15. I think something like, like that. 10, 15. Um, yeah,
0: Scores of Duty with the Roman army and they're yeah. turned into these hardcore warriors. Mm. Um, we meet Lancelot as a child. He's taken from his family, but they're all kind of into it. They're yeah. all like, yeah, he's going to become a man. It'll be great. Um, they kind of established that Lancelot and like his, uh, the
1: merry band of men that uh, Clive Owen leads, they're kind of from like, they're like like uh huns or visigoths like they're kind of from that they're from invading tribes that uh recently
0: the uh romans were able to like quell Mm -hmm. and well when we meet them their tour of duty king arthur and his knights of the round table their tour of duty is nearly over and they are looking forward to going their kind of separate ways and just kind of like living a terrible medieval life. If we've learned anything about medieval <laughs> times, it's they're gonna all die at forty-two, and um, yeah, they're all they're all over middle-aged at this point. They're all like in their they're,
1: they're gonna get cholera and die. Something. Yeah, Boris is toast. Like, yeah. uh, my favorite character, by the way, Boris. I love Boris. Yeah, and we'll
0: give you a rundown in just a moment of the Knights of the Table, because the basic story of this movie is that we meet them at the beginning. They rescue Bishop Germanus from an yeah. attack, they show how badass they are. This has become, in the last 15 years, one of the great fighting crews in history.
1: Yeah, they're, they're like uh, ye old Navy SEALs, basically.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> to get back to the post-9-11 movie, I mean, they might as well be. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Not hugely different from the Tears of the Sun crew, except they're much more charismatic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way way better hangs. You want to drink
1: mead with these boys.
0: <sighs> I know. And we get like hangout scenes, too, which kind of establish them. Even mm-hmm. more, which is so nice. We've meant we said it before. Yeah. Alien starts it off with that opening breakfast scene and mm-hmm. really establishes how you put together a crew who's going to be probably tragically decimated, but we'll care more about their tragical decimation if we get a chance to hang out with them more. Yeah. So Bishop Germanus, he's happy to be saved by King Arthur and his team, but he lets them know. They are not free of the Roman Empire quite yet. They have one more mission. I love is, like it, every uh,
1: just really quickly every evil uh, every Roman person is kind of betrayed as like an evil Disney villain, like just that level mm-hmm. of like semperingness and like yeah, I don't know. Very, this comes like, the...
0: this comes from like they're like copying the master Ridley Scott who makes mm-hmm. these movies of like bureaucratic and religious figures. In really Scott world, as we've mentioned many times before, are mm-hmm. lamos who get in the yeah. way yep. of badass dudes, right? Ye old ye old lanyard wearers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they
1: have their uh, their uh, lanyards made of papyrus on
0: <laughs> corporate executives, movie business executives, just get in the way of your artistic vision. So get out of here. They have to evacuate one important Roman family from north of Hadrian's Wall. Cool name. Good Ooh, place. top ten wall, top ten wall. If there ever was one, yeah, gray um, wall. hell of a wall. And they need to be safe from the advancing Saxon army, led by the ruthless surdic, played by the god Stellan Skarsgård. Who? That, oh, talk so about good. talk about making a meal. He decides to underplay everything and just play this guy as this calm psychopath. Yeah. And Total it freak. works. It he's works. So... He's terrific. Also love his uh his uh,
1: the son character played by <laughs> Till Schwager. So...
0: Who is only like seven years
1: younger. Oh. Than <laughs> to <Sar's> yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, these guys have <laughs> led
0: different lives. <laughs> How about brothers? Let's like Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that's kind of weird that they're playing, yeah. It's kinda rude to Stellan a little bit. A oh. little rude. But like um, but I think um Till Schwager, he's giving off Michael Rooker.
0: Yeah, he is. Oh, I would have yeah. loved some Michael Rooker in that
1: role. I would love just Michael Rooker, but just like his like uh, thick Alabama accent. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And yeah, one man. of the
0: one of the members of this important Roman family, the son Electo, um, mm. is viewed as a viable candidate to be a future pope. So he's very, very important. Yeah, to getting out of this territory. Meanwhile, I like all the the intrigue between the differing peoples and communities in this film there are the native Woads, led by freaking merlin yeah played by uh great character actor stephen delane oh very good who are um kind of viewed in kind of um in the kind of like a second class citizen
1: yes kind of, they're like yeah they're kind of like the um they're almost like the, uh, if we're going to use like Game of Thrones parlance, which we probably shouldn't, but uh, they're like the Cranog Man or something. They're like the, they're the swamp people that kind of have been cast aside by uh, the stronger tribes.
0: So, what I one thing I like about this movie is that they kind of portray that England is a wide open place. Right. Kind of for the taking. Different factions are abound. Yes. Which is very exciting. Yeah. And um, we know... Because we know kind of history that King Arthur will eventually reveal himself to be the person who takes charge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But still some questions at this point. Will it be the Saxons? Will it be Merlin and the Wodes? Will we remain the Romans? But the Romans want to get out. It's yeah. a declining oh. Roman it's a declining more decrepit remote Roman Empire than oh, the like, gladiator fish. times or whatever.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is post-dioclesian. We're in the we're in the heyday. This is like the end of the Western Roman Empire for sure. We're near. We're nearing the end. This is like when they're about to be. They're leaving. They're going to be leaving England shortly. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and they 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 think it's a swamp, which is it, you no, know, it's not. I, I we might have British listeners. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Oh god, I will say though, it's so interesting. The Saxons who are the big baddies in this. They're kind of portrayed as, like, the proto-racists, like, the first. It's an interesting, I like that choice, actually,
0: where they're like, nah, you won't mix with Roman blood. Yeah, it's, um, they're bad. They're great. <laughs> they're, they're great baddies. Yeah, you don't like them. Um, yeah. yeah, and they're, it's fun to root against them. Yeah. So, uh, They'll Arthur is like, shoot, man, I don't want to take this job. And my guys certainly don't want to. But, much like good group of Navy SEALs, we are... Yeah we're going to do it. We got you know. We're we're great soldiers and we're yep, great to we're each other. We're professionals. So, who are the knights of the round table beyond Clive Owen playing the role of Arthur? Um, our second lead, Eon Groof Gruf- Groof It's Welsh. It's tough. It's a it's Sorry. this is like
1: the the I'd say Welsh is probably the hardest to pronounce. That's my hot
0: take. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, Wales is tough. You've seen him before? Fantastic. Horror, hornblower. Titanic hornblower.
2: He yeah. plays the
0: role of Lancelot. Also on the team. Jeez. Murderers row here. Oh, mad so Mickelson. The man. The man, the myth. Like the one, of the, one of the coolest guys in movies. Without question. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hunt. Mr. Hunt. Mr. the Hunt. Mr. <laughs> Another Round. Mr. Yes. Mr. Hannibal. Um <laughs> plays plays Tristan in a very like young and one of the earliest big roles I think he ever got Joel Edgerton
1: plays good man
0: much more well cast than he was in Exodus, Cunts and Kings (laughs) (laughs) makes a little more sense here. Uh, Hugh Dancy is Galahad uh, pre-reunion pre-reunion (laughs) pre-reunion Ray, the late, great Ray Stevenson plays Dagonet. Ooh, yes. Passed away earlier this year, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the, he's so good in RRR. I know. You hate him. His guts in RRR. Oh, uh, great actor. And then probably the MVP of the entire picture, Ray Winston, who plays Boars. He's British Tom Sizemore in this. It rules. He See, and we talked about it on last week's episode, you need... A Tom Sizemore-like figure on the crew. Yeah. You need, a, you need a wild, jolly fellow. You need a
1: wild, jolly guy. Maybe and, a little
0: cynical. But also, like, we'll grab a battle axe and be at your side
1: no oh, matter yeah.
0: what. He'll be screaming and, roost at the top of his lungs. I know. And we get a great sequence where we find out that Ray Whiston has 11 illegitimate children or something like that. Uh, I, I love like you you kind of figure out the you get everyone's kind of games for the most part.
1: where like, you know, Lancelot's sort of like the uh, kind of like the a little uh, a little darker, a little more dangerous than King Arthur, a bit more of a pr- pragmatic realist than him. Perhaps you get like the Ray Winstone. His character is like, I have a bunch of kids. I'm a bit of the comic mm-hmm. relief. Ray, uh, Steven- Dad- Ray
0: Stevenson doesn't talk, but he's might be the most loyal member of the group. Yeah, he's the, the- big stoic guy. Yeah, the big stoic guy, uh, Mads Mickelson is kind of the trickster. Of yeah. the group. He
1: has a uh, falcon. He he has an Aragorn haircut. He
0: rules. He's just great. He's an archer too. He's very yes. good with the bow and arrow. And listen, Saint Arthur Miller, Saint Tennessee Williams, like no, like they're not that well developed. say Andre Rublev. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's like they're developed enough. Yeah, everyone to, gets to give a shit about them as Yeah, they go into battle.
1: I guess, like, yeah, Hugh Dancy's kind of like the young hothead, and then Joel Edgerton, he is just there. He's, his like, character uh, kind of fills like, up. The... kind of like hunky cool guy. Yeah, hunky cool guy. He fills it out. And everyone's having a great time. They're all having fun and drinking.
0: And they, like, care about each other. You get, like, they get that they're, like, a team. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, it's good stuff. It's really good yeah. stuff. They, um... So they reluctantly go on this mission. They make it up north. And much like Bruce Willis and his friends in Tears of the Sun, they discovered that this Roman guy they're trying to rescue, his dad is a piece of shit. And he's been abusing people and he's got like a freaking lair, a walled off lair in his house that they're dunking dead bodies into. And they've got like prisoners and that kind of thing. And this gets this like sticks in Arthur's craw and yes. his craw in a big way. They don't like it. It's injustice. Ba- Justice, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. with that. They free everybody. They're like, and they, I love that they get the, um, is it Ken Stott? Oh yeah. It's, um, who is the guy, um, the guy who's like a surf. They're like this guy's in charge now. They like him, who like fights alongside of them. Oh, that's like Charlie
1: Creed. Mile the. Oh wait, no. Oh, i not
0: sure. Are you talking, sure. about, are you talking
1: anyway. about the the uh, the guy who's like a who wants to fight with King Arthur and his guys? Yeah. Or, who they meet at the Who they meet there? I think that's Charlie Creed, the one who's like I want I. I he's like the he's like the guy who looks up to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. that guy's
1: great. He gets a moment too. Mm-hmm.
0: And so they're like, you're in charge, we're getting you out, and they're going through, and they find a little kid, and mm-hmm. this humanizes um, Dagonet, right, Stevenson's like, I'm going to protect this child, humanizes him completely, right, mm-hmm. it's yeah. great, and these are simple moves, folks, this is, is like I said, it's not Arthur Miller, <laughs>
2: like, it's, yeah, like it's... Not, not
0: heavy dramatist work, but it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a, broad it's strokes. A, it's enough to keep you invested in a blockbuster.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm like, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Like, I I learn as I watch this. I don't know if like my. Uh, Like tolerance for Schlock has decre uh, has increased, or like, but like I realize maybe it's just like I'm a simple man, and this is like all I need for from a movie is just like some guys going on a quest, and you give each of them like two traits, and they're fun actors.
0: One thing we're trying to do on this show is like you know we we appreciate our heavier duty stuff, yeah, we love it, serious stuff, but we're trying to take a look at these movies with a kind of an even keel, even mind, like what would just be a nice time to watch like how mm-hmm. how is a blockbuster successful is right movie, you know
1: what what works what doesn't yeah like what what will keep me in the seat and what will get me to uh flip the channel yeah like
0: <laughs> and like one of the things that we've discovered is you know, very dragged with just simple emotional connection and good yeah. character actors doing that char- like, charisma charismatic
1: performances
0: that's yeah, literally like I mean, the most
1: that's, that's what i really that's the most important thing i think
0: for these we started of this show and with it in mind to talk about acting and mm-hmm. that is you know something we've learned despite the fact we're not covering like a specific actor anymore is just the importance of like char- char- charismatic star power the importance of like yeah making more out of these scripts that we've tend to be pretty basic Mm. you know the bruckheimer pictures their goal is to like you know they are the cheeseburger and soda movies
1: oh for sure they're They're like and they're they're trying to be like
0: butts in seats and pleasing everyone
1: yeah they're trying to be like yeah the cinematic five guys basically where they're like maybe like a tier above mcdonald's but like still like Maybe even McDonald's. They might just be trying yeah. to be McDonald's, which is fine. Which is fine. fine. I love. Yeah, we love that.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's well, a place and the thing, for that as much as there's a place for all like the weird art films that we also yeah. watch.
1: Well, and it's fascinating too, trying to see like the um figuring out like how much like the ratio of like good script to good actor. Like, how much good actor you need for, like, a decent script. Like, there, there is, like, a. I feel like the more we watch this, I, the more I feel like there is, like, almost, like, this weird, like, uh, math you could do where, like, okay, if this character has X amount of traits, you can get a char- an actor with X amount of charisma.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it, there is it's an interesting thing, like, thinking about, because, like, I couldn't help but think, because at the last period, when we watched before this, was the last duel, which we both agreed was, like, oh, Massively successful.
1: Totally,
0: yeah. And how, why was that one? Because I was, when I was watching this movie, you know, I felt like I never need to see another King Arthur movie again the rest of my life. They never need to make another one. How could you make this interesting? And then you go to the last two, it's like, oh, how you make a medieval movie interesting is you find a new story.
1: Mm
0: A hundred percent, yeah. You just have to like, you there, and there's a million of, there has it has to be a million other different stories you could tell yeah. about. There's evil. like the Hundred
1: Years' War. There's the 30 Years' war. There's yeah. all these like wars that happen don't, that you can be. The, yeah.
0: the IP that is like Robin Hood and King Arthur, that shit's dead, man.
1: Yeah. Gonna,
0: if, if I see another
1: Pinocchio movie, I will like, you yeah, know, I will I be done with cinema. I can't deal how with much,
0: it. How can you find anything more to say on any of this stuff? And I think that that is, you know, we get into you know we're already into it, but to kind of cut to the chase, it's the biggest issue with this movie is mm-hmm. that there's really nothing more to say. Well, and it's it, like and it's I, handsomely made, it's well done, it's got great actors, mm-hmm. but there, who gives a crap?
1: Like, yeah, at the end the and day, it doesn't yeah. resonate. It doesn't. Well, and it's also just like at the end of the day, too. Like, this is a movie that would have been so much better. It's a classic example of a movie tied to an IP. It doesn't need to be tied to. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a cool movie to be made about uh, guys from, like, you know, a Hunnic tribe in Eastern Europe being transferred to, like, Roman England or whatever, and so, having to do a sort of Seven Samurai type of thing. Also, That's the like, idea
0: of England being wide open, faction yes. warfare all over the place, it is, like, winner take all. Kind of, a, like, the empire, an, epic... an empire can be... Achieve, you can have an empire if you yeah. win this war like that's obviously that's all like great stuff i mean that yeah, wasn't wasn't that basically game of thrones exactly that's 100 game of thrones that's literally what game of
1: thrones was like i think game of thrones i'm 99 sure was just like a metaphor for like like that era of the united kingdom
0: yeah exactly and or like lord of the rings or any of that kind of stuff and you could like create an entire that's just as a jumping off point. You don't need to just do like, oh, people know who King Arthur is. Well, no get nobody in 2023 gets a shit.
1: Yeah, it's like, they're yeah, like... it's it, it, it does kind of like it reminds me of how like Disney is so litigious when it comes to their um their IP and how like they're so like intent on like keeping the copyright for like every single thing. Like, you know, even like, you know, as Winnie the Pooh, I think recently became like a uh, public yeah. domain. But then, then Disney they... was like. No, it has to be like the Winnie the Pooh without the red shirt. You can't have, and it's just like no one like all this. Like I feel like there's just all these stories. Like we need new stories. We can like move on from all this stuff. And these are wonderful stories.
0: They are. Yeah, classic. Classic stories, baby. But uh, yeah, but at the same time, like you're right. Like there is like if if the last duel, which of course didn't do well at the box office, but I mean I'm convinced anyone who watches mm-hmm. the last duel become a last duel convert. Oh for sure. Like, you know, and I think if they have the courage to like tell further stories, they're gonna f- there's way more. There are just way more out there. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of history, man. Like there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of heroes and a lot of villains that are good great jumping off points in history. It doesn't have to be fucking Robin Hood. No. So and I think, boy, we, I mean, we'll, we'll go through the plot now, but you know, there's our review of this movie. Almost.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, there's not much to it. It's like, it's fun. Like I had like a good, and you know, part of it might've been like, you know, I think in the context biggest, of the other movie.
0: It, yeah. But I also think like, okay, here's like, we can get to the, this is about the hour mark where they discover this like layer in mm-hmm. this two, in this about two hour movie, yeah. non-director's <laughs> cut.
1: The change of heart occurs,
0: and the change of heart occurs, and this is also where they discover the third lead of the movie. Keira Knightley, who plays Guinevere, oh, yeah. does not show up until this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's a prisoner at this this place that they've gone to, this weird like crypt. Yeah, um, a woad under Merlin. She's a woad under Merlin. She works with Merlin. Yeah. Um <laughs> That's
1: such a weird she, thing to say. She, she also, works with
0: and also noticed that despite being imprisoned and being famished. She's got perfect makeup and perfect. Yeah, no, she, yeah. For being in a,
1: a horrible uh, uh, catacomb, she looks great. Yeah, she looks terrific. 10 oh, out of yeah, 10. whatever whatever po- poultice she's using in ancient times,
0: I need that poultice. She was able to quickly throw together many a outfit to wear <laughs> yeah. during this time period of varying degrees of scantly clad, which is like, <laughs> hey, I'm a modern man, and I have to say, like unnecessary like, yeah it is like kind of like because the first it's... thing i said like when she's like firing the bow and arrow i was like oh she's doing this because it's like bruckheimer told her you actually get to do stuff other than play a corseted damsel in distress in this movie oh yeah and she she kind of does mm-hmm. but still kind of has to play like the girl the icon. yeah girl. she has
1: to like uh in you know, a quote uh uh a Twitter uh, a tweet that I have uh, long forgot who wrote the tweet like she has to breast boobily like there's a yeah. lot of like it's very yeah. like yeah it's very well but then it's also like it's like they do that thing where like this was very much I feel like the 21st century was very the very beginning like the early 2000s is very much the era of like She's one of the guys. That's how you can tell she's a cool woman. Like she'll, yeah. she'll like crack a rape joke. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, a couple. There are a couple things like that in this movie that have and aged poorly. Like...
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. just, huh, man. She immediately, you know, she's tough. She's can fire a bow and arrow with the best of them, but she's also immediately thrown into a complete other like midriff wearing love triangle <laughs> yeah
1: yeah midriff wearing love triangle is such an apt description because it is like that's the extent of like it is just the midriff that is all there is there's no like because the no... love
0: triangle is so half-assed
1: it, yeah it it feels totally i wonder it feels like a thing that perhaps uh maybe Fuqua didn't want that maybe that's like a thing that was kind of had to be shown toward in who knows and i think it's thing
0: like for those of us who are 90s kids, the first thought is the previous King Arthur movie, First Night, in which Sean Connery plays King Arthur, Richard Gere plays Lancelot, and Julia Ormond plays Guinevere, and they're in a love triangle. You remember that from the 90s. Wow. And that's, you're like, oh, like doing this again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course, there's going to be one in five years. Yeah, are doing this shit again it's gonna be yeah, like yeah. Chris, chris hemsworth and russell Crowe, and you know someone else or yeah chris <laughs> evans yeah, all the Chris's. I mean, yeah
1: chris yeah, pratt yeah,
0: try and convince chris pratt to do a british accent you, you could do a full round table of chrises
1: i think yeah you got chris yeah. pratt chris evans chris hemsworth chris pine don't yeah. don't don't
0: give them that idea
1: yeah you know. just
0: you just because christian bale can play <laughs> king arthur
1: Oh no, my uh,
0: my just my, gave, mon-
1: my monkey's paw just curled
0: up. You just gave them an idea, Patrick. You incepted <laughs> them with an idea. Now, <laughs> oh, it's real.
1: oh no, I looked on Deadline: the Russo brothers directing
0: <laughs> into the King Arthur verse. And you just the second headline on Deadline: Don walks into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, Don! <laughs> kind of cool that you're getting a Deadline <laughs> headline. <laughs> for my march into the sea. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's like, hey, dude, good. good yeah, You're getting some buzz adrenaline. here, man. I got a buzz. I got buzz. But, <laughs> but like but for but not the cost. right. Not, for what cost. <laughs> oh. You can see it. Uh <laughs> anyway, that that hurts. Sorry. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> I can feel that's how the little life we've done. So they have decided they're gonna save all the people who are the serfs mm-hmm. here. Kier Knightley hooks Arthur up with Merlin and he's like, you know what? You guys have been enemies in the past, but maybe just maybe she'd be on the same page. Yeah. Hey, ultimate title
1: for this movie surfs on turfs, surfs on turfs, mm. surfs up, <laughs> surf's, surfs up. That's a good. I, okay, That's a great. Uh, that'd be like a movie where John Reno gets sent into the future and has to learn how to surf. He's like, it's a, like a French it's, peasant. This is like a Luc Basson movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like a cracked out Luc Basson movie. <laughs>
0: he has to fight surfing bandits. Gary Oldman like surfs and he's got like a um, big mustache. Like, it's a metal plate for some reason. Yeah, because it's the few, it's like steampunk surfing movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, come on. That's, that's the movie I want, Hollywood. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, ignore there's, the Chris, there's, the roundtable Chris's. The roundtable Chris's, don't, no, that never happened. We've wiped your head Men in Black style. Yeah, so, uh, steampunk surfer with an E. Our guys, in very similar to Tears of the Sun fashion, have to lead all of these nerves to freedom. Yep. But they're being tracked by a villainous horde. Mm. Which leads to the scene of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. Somehow they end up on an ice planet.
1: Yes, they're in
0: hot. They're on hot. It's gotten very cold. They're fighting a damn wampa. (laughs) The point where it's a freezing ice planet. And they have to cross this frozen lake. Oh, yeah. And they realize that that they can't make it across, even if they spread out. But they come up with a dope plan that they're going to lead the other, the Saxon army unbeknownst onto the lake, and hopefully the lake will break. And the Saxon army will fall in. This is the best scene in the movie. It's oh, I haven't seen sure. I haven't seen an action sequence like this before. It's thrilling. It's seven against the army. Yeah. Usual kind of stuff. Sacrifices are made. The Ooh, ice Dagonet. breaks. Dagonet is killed. Race Stevenson. Everyone's favorite character. Uh much to the chagrin of Boars. <laughs> yeah, Boris uh, loves
1: Dagonet. I feel like they're kinda like they have like a Wario Waluigi. Like they're kinda like best friend. Bros.
0: Best pros <laughs> Yeah. They make it through. It's a great sequence. It's worth it's it's worth watching the movie for cuz you just haven't seen an action sequence in this kind of terrain with this kind of challenges. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Very creative. Um, I liked it too. They get back to Bishop Germanus with the kid into Electo. They make it not without a loss though. Bors is dead. And then No Boris is alive. Not Boris, Dagonet, uh, Dagonet's dead. Dagonet,
1: sorry. I was like, I was like, oh man, if Boris Boris is, Boris is sad. Yeah, Boris, is, Boris is sad. They were, I think my uh head they they were they were perhaps uh
0: lovers or something. They, There's they something get, going they, on. They get the uh they get their freedom from the Roman Empire. <laughs> they discover though that the Romans are a bunch of damn frauds. Yeah. And Rome is like a mess. Everyone's got weird religious beliefs. It's yep. not worth going back to. Yeah. Stinky. They're all going to go their own way. But Arthur has found a new calling. Mm. And he realizes that he needs to prevent the Saxons from overrunning England.
1: Yeah. So like Orlando Bloom and Kingdom of
0: Heaven. Energy. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Very much so. Yeah. I'm an and, honorable um, man. I got to do this. Yeah. And so he's like, you guys can go your own way, do your own thing. I'm staying. And they're like, Arthur. And Lancelot's like, Arthur. You don't have to do this. And come he's on, like, I, man! Come on, man! Like we're free. We can do whatever we want. You're a great warrior. I've got, I've got a yurt, dude. We can just hang out yeah, in my yurt. Hang out here. But Arthur stays. We get a great hero shot of Clive Owen wearing the full gear. Oh yeah! Like facing off, selling scarves, cards, led the army there. Then, of course. The boys can't leave Arthur behind. Oh, no way. And it's you think, great. You know, you, you think like, Tristan you like... and Galahad are going to leave? Love no to way. see it. You love to see yeah, it. They're going to, you know, it. agreement is made. We're going in. Could be tough. We got to do this thing.
1: Boris is like uh, Keaton at the end of, of every Keaton and Kel intro. Just like, oh,
0: here we go again. Here we go again, <laughs> baby. We're all lined up. Yeah. Then Merlin. And Ooh. freaking Kieran Knightley show up, and all the Woes are on the side of Arthur. They're yeah. all dressed like na- they're all dressed yeah. like they're the Navi. They got blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love oh, the Woes. And guess what we got? We got ourselves an old fashioned final battle sequence. Ooh. Love it. It's good. I think one thing I know is so Ridley Scott is so fucking good. At yeah, battle scenes. Like even if you're a good as a director as good as Fuqua, this is really Scott territory, man. He just knows how oh, sure. to do these things. Like I think, like, yeah, on a else. whole...
1: Yeah, like, Fuqua is pretty solid. I think Scott... And I like the... I feel like there's the first battle sequence which is kind of, like, choppy. Like, the cuts were pretty mm. choppy and kind of like, yeah, this one, I feel like it's slightly more coherent, what's going on, which I appreciate. And there's, like... Yeah. And I
0: feel like everyone gets, like, a good moment, which I like, Everyone too. gets a good moment. It's... It, there are losses, though. Mm. That's Mickelson. Man. Bummer. But he gets this great sequence where he gets to fight one on one with Skarsgard. Yeah. we point out to Jenna, I was like, man, it seems like Matt's getting kind of the hero fight. Yeah. And I loved it. But he 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 does not make it no. only because we know Arthur's gonna probably have to have that fight. Yeah, they need to they need to get rid of
1: Skarsgard or not Skarsgard, they need to get rid of Mads to show that Skarsgard is a tough customer. Yeah, and so yeah. although but, Skarsgard get or God damn it. Mads does get to kill the one Roman traitor guy who's in the tree.
0: Yes, he does. That Mads, was... gets, Mads gets great stuff during the yeah, final and fight. And he
1: has a pet falcon or hawk or whatever. Yeah, that he, rules.
0: he rules. He's the man. Uh, Joel Edgerton's <laughs> hit, but he makes it. Yeah. Same, with, same with Ray Winston, same with Dancy. But like the real surprise to me was how Lancelot is fairly unceremoniously dispatched. Yeah, he, he is like
1: Taken out and it's uh it's crazy because they give so much time to that character and,
0: and he, uh, they, you think just, he dies. Yeah, and he just if I'm Jerry Bruckheimer, I gotta take taken aside. Jerry. The sequel opportunities were just hurt immensely by you killing Lancelot. Yeah, he's the interesting cause like it's weird that like moving to the, the next one. King Arthur's trying to take control of his kingdom. Love triangle between the three of them. Very simple stuff. Part two.
1: Yeah. Well, and and then also like like I, I get that like they're kind of big shocks to kill Lancelot and Tristan, but like the the other two guys that live, they're like the the boring ones, kind of.
0: Yeah. I'm like, glad Ray I'm glad Ray Winston as boars live though. Yeah. Definitely. I would have been very bummed if he had not made it. But at the same time. <laughs> he has time, like eleven kids. That would be I know, brutal. Because <laughs> he's established. Uh Arthur wins though. He kills Scarskard mm-hmm. yeah. and Scarskard even gives him the whole like Man, you are King Arthur. Like, you are yeah. the best. You are the best guy. Kind of the moment <laughs> before he gets dispatched. I donked up. They win inexplicably. Oh. oh, yeah. They get this part. Cut to their wedding. Yeah, at
1: uh, Stonehenge, inexplicably. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Sure. Fine. But
0: uh, whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, oh, fuck they, it. There was a weird sex scene, too, between them. Earlier yeah. On, and it's, totally. Uh, their characters. In. No no, I, th- no chemistry. I, I get it. We know that there's like a historical like supposed historical love triangle and we need to... you could have made this a dude like a dudes movie. Just yeah. the crew in a fight. You didn't even need the love stuff. No, be... get rid of the
1: get rid of the love stuff. I, be... can... I hate
0: to be a 14-year-old boy in my review of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> the movie, but not unnecessary. What a waste of time. Yeah, like...
1: or like, or like just make Guinevere uh, one of the guys. Just have her fully just be like, yeah. I'm a bro who likes a... the
0: beer out. This is a movie about dudes camaraderie amongst dudes. Yeah. That's what works in this movie. Or Re- rewrite the fucking love triangle to make it actually matter
1: yeah that's the other like, thing too like there, the there is a there is a version of this where the love triangle could be interesting and all the actors are game like they're all good actors no i know give them
0: something they, to work with you could have done it they all could have done it one thing gotta be impressed clive owen gets some of the stupidest like leader lines in this movie yeah he, does, he speaks them with such conviction you're not you're completely unbothered sign of a good actor that they yep. can they can deliver stupid dialogue well you know what and Cl- it clive off. is a
1: consummate professional that's yes, what i got yeah. from this movie he is like he is like you know what he knows he's getting paid he's doing the work
0: <laughs> and you know this was in the time period like we mentioned that they're trying to make clive Owen a gigantic like leading man type star i yeah. think um in an alternate world you have gerard butler and colin farrell <laughs> in yeah. the two leading male roles yeah. and it might give you a little more charisma juice Mm -hmm. but who cares at the end of the day this movie like we said it's not bad no it's deeply forgettable it's yeah a hundred percent like it's uh
1: sunday afternoon you have a terrible hangover (sighs) from last night you're partying with the gang and then uh you've already
0: you've already recently watched the duelists and kingdom of heaven and um gladiator you name it, even yeah, fl- flip- there even Robin Hood, you've watched yeah. them all recently. <laughs> you need something new.
1: You're you're flipping, you're flipping channels. You see like the the you're twenty. You see that like, you're twenty minutes into this King Arthur movie.
0: Like, oh, Joel. young Joel Edgerton. That's weird. I've never seen him that young. And then oh, yeah. you're like in. You're in. <laughs> and then you're like Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Then I'm definitely not turning the channel. Yeah. It's <sighs> fine. Yeah. It works. It's not unsuccessful in it's what it's trying to. It's made. It's competently made. It's deeply uncomplicated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's moments of like, oh, that could have been a road worth chasing, mm-hmm. movie or TV series wise. At the end of the day, though, it's just like another King Arthur movie, and like it's probably better than the like steampunk Guy Ritchie one that came out a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, honestly, but like if we're comparing, like the, yeah, because like every, yeah, if they 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 do have to. Like it feels like, yeah, everyone's just like obligated to make one every ten years.
0: Uh-huh. It's there's not too much CGI. They're in real places. Mm-hmm. All that's nice. Bruckheimer is too competent as a producer not to make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. There's very few, and like I said, I've watched seventeen Jerry Bruckheimer produced okay. movies this year. Very few of them are not entertaining. At the very yeah. least, they are all like. He knows how to get butts and seats, mm-hmm. without question. Um, yeah, but it's also like, yeah, it's fine. It's it's, it's not memorable. Too. Yeah, it's just it's a,
1: and I say this is like a not even as a a slight. It's a six out of ten. It's a classic yeah. six out of ten. Just like it's totally it passes the time. I'm not. I'm not annoyed that I watched it. Like, yeah. I feel like I've. I definitely have watched... I watched
0: it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah, it more
1: than I, I thought I would. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Exactly. Same here. It was like a pleasant surprise. Like I do remember watching this movie and not being super impressed by it as a kid, and so it was kind of like nice to be like, hey, like you know what? Like I appreciate the the character actors having fun. I appreciate some of the action sequences. That's all it needs
0: to be. I. I yeah. I. Yeah totally agree not much more uh, we can say beyond that you know in Antoine Fuqua he did do a director's cut mm-hmm. and um there was some issues like we said it's an interesting fit him kind of going like if we go back to the visionary alliance in this time period in Jerry Bruckheimer's career Jerry was moving past our beloved like rocks and conairs and right kind Different of R-rated bad behavior Movies, the Pirates thing was such a success. National Treasure was such a success. It was yeah firmly in the ground of the family friendly. He wants like a four quadrant film. He's in, high he's in advent, this... high adventure, yeah kind of movie. And swashbuckling, sort of swashbuckling, and from as we know, it's like likes kind of grim violence, likes mm-hmm. kind of going hard. And yeah. So here's what he said: When I first signed on the movie, it was to shoot an R movie then halfway through it that changed for all sorts of reasons obviously it's always money that was very mm-hmm. difficult to me and i had a tough time adjusting to that i had to change a lot of my shooting style that i had set up because it just wouldn't have been possible to do certain things to get a pg-13 ratings because it would have been more graphic like i said tonally i had a whole different mindset so once that happened while i was filming it made it difficult and i could see that like i think he was probably trying to do like a You know, when it became not so much an Antoine Foucault movie as it became a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. Yeah. And I think also working with Jerry Bruckheimer, which a lot of directors have seen, it's like, and we've kind of discovered Mm -hmm. the auteur of a Simpson Bruckheimer, then Bruckheimer movie is not the director. It's Simpson Bruckheimer or Bruckheimer. Yeah. They design it, it's their thing. And, if you're not up for that. You're going to butt heads. And it's interesting because Antoine Fuqua was already established. A lot of the directors who work with Simpson and Bruckheimer are like coming out of commercials or music videos. Mm-hmm. And they're not established. They don't have say like Michael Bay doesn't work with Jerry Bruckheimer anymore because he got too much say. Yeah, but, he he realized that he, he got more. Ju- he really he had enough juice where he could like kind of part but, ways. Exactly. And so Antoine Fuqua coming in as a guy who already kind of has a. Like vibe. Mm -hmm. Um it's tough. It's 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 gonna lead to butting heads.
1: Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it is just um you know. The Brookheimer, yeah, he he's he he it's like the Marvel movies where like, yeah, they're not looking for specific aesthetic, they're looking for someone that can Mm -hmm. adhere to their process. And yeah, yeah, I can imagine why
0: like Edgar Wright doesn't make it to make all of Ant-Man. That's yeah. why, like, Scott Derrickson bails on the second Doctor Strange movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, the second you try and push harder back on them, they're like, no, this is what we do. This is our house style. And it's fucking successful. Try and argue against it. You can't. Yeah. You have to, like, draw within these lines or get the fuck out. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that is what that is. Um, And it came out. So this movie came out July 7th. Of 2004. It was like a fourth of July level release.
1: Yeah. It's a so weird must,
0: it's... they must have thought they had a Pirates of the Caribbean on their hand. Um, I think so. Cost 120 million. Wow. To make made 203.6 worldwide at the box office.
1: Okay. So it's not
0: not good. Opened in third place this opening weekend behind. Get the Spider Man 2 and Anchorman. Man. Wow. What <laughs> a time to be alive. Man. No one no wonder I miss King Arthur. I was too busy seeing Spider-Man 2 and Anchor Man. Yeah, you had yeah. <laughs> yeah, two of the biggest movies of yeah. their <laughs> Yeah. Two of the better movies of their type. Like
2: Yeah.
1: Oh man, but you can yeah, you can see like I could see um not knowing although it's like yeah, foolhardy to go against Spider-Man 2. That's a tough
0: critical response, 31%. Ooh. On Rotten tomatoes. Uh, Consensus being the magic is gone, leaving a dreary generic action movie. David Edelstein of Slate called the film profoundly stupid and inept. Yeah, And added, it's an endless sorts of giggles once you realize that it's historical revisionism has nothing to do with archaeological discoveries and everything to do with the fact that no one at Disney would greenlight an old-fashioned talky love triangle with a hero who dies and an adulterous heroine who ends up in a nunnery. (laughs) Um A.O. Scott of New York Times further remarked that the film was a blunt, glowering B-picture shot in murky fog and battlefield smoke, full of silly-sounding pomposity and swollen music, courtesy of the prolifically bombastic on Zimmer. Yeah, the, this... the combat scenes, though boisterous and brutal, are no more coherent than the story, which requires almost as much exposition as the last Star Wars film. <laughs> Luckily, there's an element of broad, brawny camp that prevents King Arthur from being a total drag. yeah. I, I agree with that part like yeah Ebert gave it three stars he's like he's a, I like yeah I think Ebert's he likes Foucault. I think he does yeah, yeah. <laughs> right that the movie works that the movie works is because of the considerable production qualities and the charisma of the actors who bring more interest to the characters they deserve. There's a kind of direct unadorned conviction to the acting of Clive Owen and the others raised on Shakespeare, trained for sword fights with an idea of Arthurian legend in their heads since childhood. They don't seem out of time and place like the cast of Troy. They get on with it. Ebert as usual. Slight dig at Troy there on the back end. Searing indictment of Troy, a movie um, I loved. But I think Ebert kind of, because he's a Pulitzer Prize winning writer, yes. succinctly does not need an hour like we did mm-hmm. to, to save the four <laughs> sentences when we were trying to save the last hour. Um, yeah. Like he... It's got great production quality and got great charismatic actors and that can kind of take you over the top. For something that isn't particular, I don't think it's stupid and inept.
1: No. I just
0: think it's it's what it is. Oh it's just yeah, it is what it is. And I think we find Antoine Fuqua here in a kind of a territory of like again, like he isn't. He's trying to continue to get by in Hollywood. He wants to be in that top tier of blockbuster filmmakers. Clearly, yeah. Um. But we now have had two movies in a row that are not like. Um, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I th- fine I think what's at best. Inter- like, well, and I think what's
1: interesting, too, is like both movies also demonstrate examples of like conflict where like, you know, first one, Bruce Willis has a yeah. say, second one, Bruckheimer. It shows you how difficult even a truly talented director, how difficult it is for someone To, like, get to that auteur level. To have, like, that, you know, sublime,
0: perfect shoot. Yeah, that perfect, like, full control, full vision shoot with a great script. Great storytelling abilities on top of everything else. Yeah. Great casting. I mean, it's just.
1: Well, and it's like what we've said in the past, and every movie is a miracle, or whatever. Like it is, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the fact that these, like, King Arthur is watchable is a miracle enough, because it could have been a stupid we've seen it all before movie, too. Oh, totally. Easily. So, Antoine Fuqua's next movie after this is Shooter, with Mark Wahlberg from 2007.
1: Interesting thing.
0: I've seen it. I saw it when it came out. Um, It's very kind of, like... Pulpy and straightforward. Ooh. It so good Ned Beatty performance in it too, so we get to talk about him. Oh, words. that rolls. Yeah, um I'm excited to revisit it now outside of two thousand seven. Mm. But again, you know, his career is um an interesting one. It's kind of all over the place. It isn't um you know, I in a sense like in like how Ridley Scott kept just keeps grabbing projects keeps working keeps just trying to do it and i think um yeah i think maybe really scott has more dough to kind of like work the screenplay yeah a little bit more he's a little more um cachet cultural cachet than perhaps
1: you know as the creator of blade runner you know well, i think
0: the other thing too is Foucault has training day and i think with like we talked about in the really scott season it's like really scott has alien and blade runner which for forty years has allowed him to like and do whatever, around, fuck around and make a matchstick man. You yes, yeah, I no. even think like even his brother Tony, Tony had Top Gun, yeah, and the movie of the eighties, one of the defining movies of the entire eighties. Tony mm-hmm. had, and that was allowed Tony to let his freak flag fly mm-hmm. for quite a while. And I think I think Antoine Fuqua needs like one more. I don't know if when in that time will come for him. Like, defining hit. I don't yeah, know. What, maybe we haven't watched it yet. But it feels like he needs it. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I think he's tried. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and
1: like, um,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm curious to see. I've never seen the original Equalizer. I am curious to see, like. Yeah, I saw it when it came out, but I, I don't know. I don't really remember it that well. I'm excited yeah. to, re- to redo the entire Equalizer series. Um, But that's in the future next week mm-hmm. on the show oh it also if you're a king arthur nut and you're like this is way better than any of ridley scott's medieval movies this, this is if you're a historian and are like
1: this actually is all actually true and everything this is that completely
0: happened completely 1000 accurate all of this <laughs> happened you can go online folks too and look up some of the historical discrepancies we're not going to go blow by blow that isn't really our style no um check in with us at the academy academy Podcast at gmail.com or twitter at the Acadicat. let us know mm-hmm Man, this 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 is the movie that gets it right. Next week on the show, David Fincher. Ooh. You Want It Darker Returns with 2002's Panic Room. Currently on MGM Plus. Mm-hmm. Can be rented. And there is a DVD out there, as we mentioned last week. Where's the blue? Where's the blue? Where's the mank? Yes. The week after that, Patrick, we get to have a little fun. It's our annual Halloween Spectacular. Ooh. And we're going to complete the circle with an episode entitled Alien Anarchy. Yes. All the alien movies that we have not watched yet. Mm. The show, we're going to be watching the rest of them. That, of course, is the big one is 1997's Alien Resurrection, which is currently available for rental and has a Blu-ray. But also, folks. Oh, God. I was like vacillating here. About whether we could get away with not doing these.
1: Yeah. I know what you're (laughs) going to say.
0: (laughs) Hell with it. It's on stars Alien versus Predator for 2004. No. And Alien versus Predator, AVPR, Aliens versus Predator dash Requiem. (laughs) (laughs) That one. At least A.V.P.
1: is directed by the guy who does all those Resident Evil movies. Yeah, so is, that'll be interesting
0: uh, in that regard. I see John Ortiz, the great character actor, is in A.V.P. Yeah, Equiem. Lance, Hendri- uh, Lance Henriksen in the yeah. A.V.P. He plays he plays uh, Wayland. So
1: hmm.
0: we'll see.
2: Yeah. We're going to
0: complete the cycle. We're going to watch Ali- We're, We'll have watched every single Alien property. Mm-hmm. Bye then for a special alien anarchy Halloween episode. I'm looking forward to one of those movies, alien resurrection. See, I like that movie. I am in the, I, those are fun. It's fun. It's a fun, silly movie. So until then though, next week, panic mm-hmm. room. Till then for Patrick, I'm Don. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week on the Academy Academy. We got to get going. I know this episode's a little bit short, but we got to go round up our bastards. Yeah, you got so much done. I see I got like there's 13 like
1: 50... kids on this you Zoom 13...
0: feed, and I, I, gotta yeah. name, I gotta figure out a, I, I, uh, Oh, yeah, if you got a name for one of the bastards, <laughs> send us an email at the Academy Academy. Park. Yeah, please, hashtag name our bastards. Name our bastards, hashtag. See you next week, folks. Later. We do to
1: the We